Thanks for joining me for this week's podcast. I know you guys have a lot of different options, and um, I'm thankful if you're listening because uh, there's a lot of content out there. Um, sorry I've been gone for uh, quite some time. I think a couple months or so um, have I've had the uh, last few months have been just awful uh, in my personal life. Um, I recently lost my mother, so I'm just kind of going through that. Um, yeah, it's been it's been difficult. Um, yeah, very hard. Um, you know, this podcast is like you know I share my ideas and my opinions of things and talk about sports and shows and things that I just enjoy. Whatever. Um, don't care if a lot of people listen. If people do, then that's cool. But you know, it's kind of just like my diary out there that I'm just putting. Um, so this has been a, a difficult thing for me to go through. Uh, my mom, she was just, we were very close, um, you know, we, we, we spoke on the phone like almost every day, multiple times a day, if we're watching, if I was watching a game, and, or, and it was the NBA Finals or something, there's the last second shot coming on, or um, watching the Giants game, you know, we're, we're always watching the same games, so she'd call me during it, like, oh, who, who do you think is going to get the ball right now, what do you think the, what do you think the play is going to be, what do you think is going to happen here, and then, you know, right before the play would happen, she'd hang up like, okay, let me let me call you right back. Okay, I'll call you right back after the shot. And then there was always a delay too. So sometimes she was a little bit ahead of me and she'd always spoil some game-winning shots for me. She'd start going crazy. I'm like, I haven't seen that yet. I got to wait a few seconds. Um, so just um, a, a big loss uh, in my personal life. But, you know, uh, this was actually her idea in the beginning to start this podcast thought it was a, a great idea for me to share my ideas and stuff like that because I also used to, um, you know, write sport, write on sports blogs and stuff like that. And then she was actually going to be on a couple of these episodes eventually. We never got around to doing that, um, but I know she listened a lot. So, um, so yeah, I thought it'd be good to keep going. I'm sorry about my alert there. I could turn that down. All right, so. Um, yeah, a lot has happened in sports, you know, the uh, MLB season has come to a close and they're starting the postseason, uh, the NBA Finals matchup is set, and what else, what else, um, you know, some, some coaching moves, Doc Rivers just got fired by the Clippers, um, the NFL has started, has been successful, college sports are back, so we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, the Emmys were last week, um, so I'll go over those winners and um, some shows I've been watching. Uh, so first I want to start with the NBA Finals. Uh, so that's set. We're going to have uh, Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat facing off against LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, that'll be a good, a good interesting series, I think. LeBron will play against his former team and former coach there and Eric Spolstra. Um, and then you have Frank Vogel. I think this is his first appearance uh, in the NBA Finals as a coach. Uh, the, yeah, the the Miami Heat. They man, they easily beat the the Boston Celtics. Wasn't even a series. I think the Boston Celtics really missed Gordon Hayward. Uh, but what a coaching matchup between uh, Brad Stevens and Eric Spolstra. You know, Brad Stevens is supposed to be that that young hot hire, that genius head coach, but he ends up getting beaten by Eric Spolstra, who was also one of those smart young coaches that got hired. Um, he actually started in the video room um, for the Miami Heat and then worked his way up 
uh, to a scout, and then he was an associate coach, then became a head coach, and then he uh, he led those teams when they were winning with Dwayne Wade and and LeBron and Chris Bosh, and now he's always been an underrated coach, I think, you know, ever since uh, LeBron left, and, you know, that team kind of broke up. He never got the respect he deserved, I think, because, you know, you had LeBron and Bosh and Wade, so it felt like Eric Spolster wasn't really doing that much, but, you know, he actually was, and, you know, they were making the playoffs after they lost LeBron, and, you know, he was always good. Um, at coaching and getting the most out of his guys but now they have a really deep team I think one of the deepest teams in the league uh, you got Tyler Hero the rookie out of, out of Kentucky he's been playing really well Bam Adebayo from Kentucky as well uh, and then you got Jimmy Butler you know with Jimmy Butler there's been a lot of issues a lot of people have been talking about how uh, he's a he's a selfish guy he's not a team player he's a me guy you know he uh, when he was with Chicago he was on those Derrick Rose teams uh, with Tosh Gibson and Joe Kim Noah and stuff like that. And then uh, he went to Minnesota. And when Minnesota, if you remember that that uh, that practice where he was playing with the reserves and the reserves beat the starters and he'd even score. And uh, then it was all, all this drama with Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Apparently Jimmy Butler had sex with Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend, something like that. There was some drama. And then he, he didn't really like Andrew Wiggins. But, you know, the problem with that Minnesota team is they're too soft. Carl Anthony Towns is one of the softest players in the NBA. And Jimmy Butler, he's just built differently. Then he goes to Philadelphia, goes to the Sixers. They were really close to making the, to going deep in the playoffs. They lost on that shot in the Game 7, uh, that shot with Kawhi Leonard, uh, hit when it was like bouncing a few times on the around the rim and then it was like a, it was that buzzer beater and then uh toronto ended up going to the finals and being the warriors anyway they were really close to that but after that you know they made some questionable moves they signed al horford who's just been a disaster uh tobias harris hasn't been that good number two ben simmons was getting injured still can't shoot joel Embiid hasn't really taken that next step so that I feel like the Sixers weren't really ready for Jimmy Butler. And then now Jimmy Butler finds a home in Miami. You know, they have that that culture there, that Miami Heat culture there with Eric Spolstra and um and Phil Jackson, the godfather himself. Um but it'll be interesting series. You know, they um they'll face off against the Lakers. Uh LeBron James, uh, you know, he's going to be LeBron. You know, he's, he showed some signs of, of aging and some fatigue in the beginning of, of the bubble. Uh, but, you know, that's that's because it was that big layoff and everything like that. Um, so, but for this team to succeed, I think, I think Anthony Davis has to be that guy. He has to be the best player on the team for them to win. You know, because he could do so many things when he's on the court. Uh, you know, he had that game winner against Denver in the last round. Uh, they ended up winning in five games. I was really hoping Denver uh, would come back from that 3-1 deficit uh, like they did against the Clippers. And then like they also did against the Jazz. I think they destroyed the Clippers, though. Uh, the Nuggets are great, though. They're they're a great team. Um, you know, they, they were my sleeper this year. I, I was hoping that they would go a little bit further, but I think initially I had the uh, the Clippers and the Sixers. Man, I was, was so wrong. Um, but I think the Nuggets with Jamal Murray and Jokic, 
you know, that team's very deep too, but they got two superstars there and they're only going to keep developing. I think they only have like one, maybe two guys um, on their roster who's over the age of 30. Like Paul Millsap, I think is like 34 or something, but uh, Michael Porter Jr. finally getting his, his stuff going. He's healthy. He's, he's starting to play well, so I think they'll be a lot better next year. Um, but back on the Lakers, uh, you know, they're, they're just really top-heavy. That roster is kind of weird. You know, they signed... J.R. Smith, um, Deion Waiters, who's going to get a championship ring either way if uh, if Miami or uh, or the Lakers win because he was on both teams this season. And then, you know, they signed Avery Bradley, which was a good signing, I thought. Uh, but then he ended up opting out because of COVID. And I wonder how he feels about that now. But, um, you know, he, he's good defensively. Rondo's been playing pretty well. He's been playing like, you know, vintage uh, playoff Rondo does. Um, but, you know, they're very top-heavy, so they have to have... They have to have AD and LeBron just be consistent the entire time. And like I said, I think Anthony Davis has to be that guy. He has to be aggressive defensively and offensively and on the boards. You know, last the last round, there was a game when they lost against Denver. He had two rebounds. You know, you can't have that. Uh, they need to be able to rely on Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, uh, Kyle Kuzma. Maybe he'll show up. Maybe he'll play up a little bit better. Uh, you know, he had that game winner, too, in the playoffs as well. So I think it'll be a good series, though, between Miami and... And the Lakers, uh, right now, I think I'm going to go with uh, Miami Heat. They just seem like such a close team. They're playing well. Their best player isn't the, the player who scores the most points every night. You know, Jimmy Butler, he's just been the consummate pro. He's been such a great leader. You know, we had those narratives that I talked about earlier where people were talking about he's a team killer. He's a me guy. But, man, he's been... Such a good leader for those those guys there on that team. You know they have a lot of young players there, um, and he's been able to to kind of show them the way, like Tyler Hero and and Duncan Robinson and Bam and stuff like that. But you know they have they have the right veterans too. They have Andre Iguodala, who's was making his sixth straight Finals NBA, uh, NBA appearance, NBA Finals appearance. Sorry, um, and then you know LeBron making his tenth straight. Uh, but then the Heat also have, you know, Udonis Haslam. He doesn't play much anymore, but he has a lot of experience, a lot of life experience there that he could he could teach some guys. And Goran Dragic, um, he used to play for the the Suns, but he's been around for a while. I think he's, he's 34, 35 now, um, and he's been playing great. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's no real home court advantage, you know, since they're all still playing in the bubble. Um, so right now I'm going with uh, the Miami Heat in seven, and then everyone... It's going to uh, start respecting Jimmy Butler a little bit more. Eric Spolstra, I think they'll, they'll respect him a little bit more. But uh, it's going to be an exciting series. And I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, so I want to talk about the Clippers also, you know, because uh, they had they had some news. Uh, Doc Rivers getting fired, but then it, it comes out saying that it was a mutual agreement to part ways. Um, you know, and I thought that they were going to make some, some big moves after uh, the way they gave up that 3-1 lead. Uh, to Denver Nuggets and ended up losing. It was just such a mess. I think their main issue was that, you know, I think they expected to win, you know, without actually playing. They're like, hey, we're going to be here at the end, you know, because that, that roster is loaded, you know. And then you have Doc Rivers. He, he's had the same, you know, type of deep roster that he had with the Celtics, and he got a championship there. And, you know, I thought he would be able to do it here uh, with the Clippers, but... You know, I think if I think it falls on the shoulders of, of Paul George more than Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has proven time and time and again that he's that guy. He's a superstar. He's a winner. He won Finals MVP with San Antonio when they had 
Tim Duncan, Ginobili, and uh, Tony Parker. He won with the Raptors last year when they beat the Warriors. So he's he's been one of the most consistent players in the NBA since he's been in the league. He's great defensively. He's gotten a lot better offensively. Um, so I, I'm going to give him a pass in having a bad game seven against the Nuggets. I think he had like 14 points or something, but he was just off. I think it falls on Paul George because Paul George thinks he's a superstar. But I got news for everyone. If you haven't realized or haven't watched much basketball, Paul George is not a superstar. He's just a star. He's good, but he's not great, especially in the playoffs. Um, I know he finished third place last year in MVP voting when he was with the Thunder, but that's a regular season award. So it doesn't matter, whatever. But in the postseason, you know, he's really hit and miss. He's a streaky shooter. He'll give you like, sometimes he'll give you 20 points and like, oh, that's a, that's a good game. But come on, if you're a superstar, I want you hitting 30, 35 in the postseason at least and playing great defense. But that's not what he was doing. You know, he, um, there was a sequence at the end of the game, like was like, they shot like seven straight three pointers and missed all of them. And then one of them was Paul George's and it bounced off the side of the backboard. They just looked completely lost. I don't think at any point during the season they they had enough time together. They didn't have enough reps together. They were um, they were resting Kawhi Leonard for a lot of games. So him and Paul George weren't in the lineup at the same time a lot of the time. So you know the shots weren't there all the time. You know Paul George will get like twenty five shots or something if he's the only guy. But then if Kawhi's here, he has to defer to Kawhi. And then if they're both out, then it's Montrezl Harrell, Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly. All those guys, and they're not having to to give their spots. But apparently, those guys feel like Paul George and them are on equal footing. And that he shouldn't get a pass, a superstar treatment, like Kawhi Leonard does. And Doc Rivers has been giving, or was giving, special treatment to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Because, like, hey, you guys are both superstars. But really, the only person on the team that should be getting it is Kawhi Leonard. Paul George does not fall in that. He hasn't won anything. He hasn't done anything. He goes to play out. He went kind of deep sometimes to uh, in Indiana. I think he went to the conference finals, but then lost to LeBron. Like he just doesn't show up in big moments, you know. And there's a reason why it didn't work in Indiana. There's a reason why it didn't work in Oklahoma City, and it's not going to work with the Clippers. And I don't think this is the best move. Is is firing Doc Rivers? I don't think so. I think it's. I think Paul George is the issue. They got to find a way to get rid of Paul George. You know he. He's just so unlikable. You know, he was trying to rally the troops after Game 7. Like, hey, you know, let's run it back and all this. And let's come back and, and try to be better and stuff. And, you know, apparently it was it was met with eye rolls. People were just kind of tired of him. And it wasn't only Montrez Harrell. Because him and Montrez Harrell had a, had a blow-up in Game 2. And, you know, uh, I don't think Paul George holds himself accountable. And he just thinks he's a, a better player than he is. And then at the post-game conference... He said that he felt like this year wasn't um, a championship or bust season. Like, are you kidding me? Kawhi Leonard signs with the Clippers and then orchestrates this trade to get to acquire Paul George. And you already have a pretty good team in place already there with the Clippers. And it's not going to be championship or bust. What kind of stupid stuff was that? That was the stupidest thing he could have said because of course it is. And then Steve Ballmer just showed him that it was championship or bust season this year because they just fired your coach, Doc Rivers. Ask him if he thinks it was a championship or bust. So I'm not sure who's going to coach the Clippers now. Um, you know, there's there's talk about Tyron Lue because he was, he was kind of tied to that Nets job and then also that 76ers job that's open. 
and then maybe even the Pelicans job. But I think it's just a, it's a natural um, progression to just hire Tyron Lue. He's already won a championship, and he's he's handled big personalities with LeBron uh, in Cleveland and got it done. But, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, I guess, who they hire. Um, the Chris Mannix, of, I think he's of Yahoo Sports, he, he tweeted earlier today that um, they, sh- they should call Phil Jackson. And, like, man, I would love that hire, but he's already in – Phil Jackson's already in his late 70s, you know. And, like, would you run the triangle or what would you do there? And I don't, we don't even know if he wants to do it. No one has even seen or heard from Phil Jackson. He's just like a ghost. You know, he's just gone. We don't, we don't know where he is or what he's doing. But that seems like a, a super, a, a pretty desperate move there to just, hey, let's bring in Phil Jackson. You know, he, he, uh, you know, he got the Bulls all his championships. He won with the Lakers. Like, oh, let's bring him back over here. You know, but I don't know. I, I think they should just give it to Tyron Lue. Uh, but speaking of coaching vacancies, um, Mike D'Antoni was he's rumored to be uh they're they're in communication with the 76ers but apparently he doesn't like the roster that the Sixers have so he wants to he wants to orchestrate a trade to bring in James Harden to Philadelphia and I think I think you probably get rid of Joel Embiid there or Ben Simmons cuz Ben Simmons and then I guess if you get rid of Joel Embiid you can move Ben Simmons to the post because he's not a guard, man. Come on, he can't shoot. He's he's not a guard. Like we just need to realize he's not a guard. Um, yeah, I think I'd rather keep Embiid though instead of Ben Simmons. But that team is just a mess. But that would be interesting if you got uh, James Harden out of Houston and got him in Philadelphia. But because yeah, you know Houston's just been kind of stagnant. They tried the whole small ball thing, and Mike D'Antoni just it it didn't work there. He had PJ Tucker trying to guard Anthony Davis like centers every night it just it wasn't working and then Russell Westbrook never got his footing in the playoffs but I don't know we'll see and uh not sure who I, I guess uh Mike D'Antoni was also rumored to be part of the uh the Pelican search they need to get a good coach there someone who can really really help um Zion Williamson develop a little bit more all right, let's see what else we have today. Uh, the MLB playoffs are starting right now. Um, so, you know, they 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 expanded the, the playoffs this year, and then they shortened the season to 60 games, and it was exciting. You know, we had, up until the last day, you had so many teams fighting for those last spots. Uh, like the Giants were, were right there the last day. Uh, they needed to beat the, the Padres, but they lost. Not a bad... Strike three call that I don't want to get into, but I'm I'm in favor of of the robot umpires. But that's a whole different conversation. Um, so in the National League, you have the Dodgers. They're the one seed. They'll be playing the Brewers. And then a second seed, you have the San Diego Padres, who've looked really good this season. Uh, they'll be playing the Miami Marlins, who, are, who made the playoffs. So see, you know, you had teams who were terrible last year making the playoffs now just because of the, the shortened season and the expanded playoffs. It was one because everyone's team was kind of in it unless you're a, a, a pirates fan they were terrible this year um and then the braves are at the the three seed and they'll be playing the reds and then the cubs are playing the cardinals and the american league uh the rays are the one seed 40 and 20 and a lot of people were saying if you have a deeper pitching staff that you'll be able to you'll be able to win this season 
because uh, you need to have more pitchers to be able to make it through all those games. Because some days, some teams were playing like two doubleheaders, you know, back-to-back days uh, because of the cancellations and, and postponements and stuff like that. Um, so Tampa Bay will be playing uh, the Houston Astros in the first round. And then Minnesota is playing the Blue Jays. The A's playing the Yankees. Good series there. Uh, the White Sox are playing the Indians. And then right now, I think, right now the Yankees are up on the Indians. Uh, it's top of the second, 2-0. Uh, the Rays are up on the Blue Jays, bottom of the seventh, 1-0. And then the A's just finished their game, and they lost to the to the White Sox, 4-1. Um, so let's see. Guess my picks for that. You know, I, I always want to pick the Dodgers, but they just they always just choke. So in the National League, I'm gonna go for the Braves because uh, they have they have four former Giants. So I'm gonna go for them. And then the American League, I'll go with the A's. I'll go with the the Braves and the A's, and I'll I'll go with the Braves winning the World Series. Uh, but it'll be exciting. You know, we got it. We'll have a lot of sports to watch. Uh, with these next few days and weeks and stuff, um, so it's there's a lot to lot to try to follow throughout this whole year, um, and then we got the NFL. You know they they've started off normally, and you know they just kind of said, hey, we're just gonna go, we're just gonna go through with it, and whatever happens happens. You know uh, the Titans, the Tennessee Titans, they just tested, they had ten positive tests today uh, for the coronavirus, so they. They halted practices and stuff, and they're not they're not allowed in the facilities until Saturday. So they're not even practicing this week, and they're scheduled to play the Steelers on Sunday. But the NFL said that they might put uh, they might skip put like flex them into Monday Night Football uh, to allow for additional testing. But you know we expected this to happen. You know it's full contact sport. They're not in a bubble. They're traveling everywhere. They're playing the same number amount of games. You don't know what they're doing. They, you know, NFLs have really been talking about COVID. So I feel like this is going to happen a lot. Um, so it's going to be tough managing your guys' fantasy teams because uh, you're going to have like a, a whole COVID situation. So if you have Derrick Henry or anyone on the Titans team, I would bench them. And then I think uh, the Vikings were under. They might be trying to quarantine them too because they just played the Titans. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, but the NFL said that they don't plan on having any cancellations. So that's good. Uh, but so far, uh, NFL's been pretty exciting. Yesterday, the Chiefs just dismantled the, the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson struggled. I think he had like 97 passing yards and not look good. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes. Five touchdowns. It's fastest player, fastest quarterback in NFL history to 10,000 yards, which is crazy. It's just like, oh, hey, here's two seasons of 5,000 yards. There you go. Done. Uh, but they've looked good. I think so far, like right now, I think everyone wants to pick other teams, but I think it has to be the Chiefs as the favorite. You know, they, they just won last year, and so far they look way better than they did last year. They got uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU. He's a, he's a small running back. But, you know, he could go between the tackles and he could go on the outside to catch some passes uh, from Patrick Mahomes. So if you just blitz Patrick Mahomes, he's just going to dump it off to his running back, you know. So they got a lot better in the offseason just with that addition alone. 
Um, so I, I think they're the favorite to come out of the AFC. The NFC, you know, I, I've been picking the Saints for the last few years, but they're, you know, right now they're one and two. And Drew Brees, he just he does not look good right now. He this definitely is last year. I think he's gonna go to he's definitely going to NBC. He already has that that contract in place. He's gonna be on Sunday night football and stuff. Um, but he just has dead arm. You know, I know Michael Thomas has been out, but he he doesn't throw past 15 yards, if you notice. Um, and, you know, they've struggled. They just lost to the Packers. So they're at one and two. Uh, but the Seahawks have looked good. Um, and then I think that's about it. I think right now you have to say the favorites are Seattle and Kansas City. I know the 49ers were just there, but, you know, they have all these inju injuries. Uh, Jimmy... Jimmy Garoppolo was just out because, um, you know, that MetLife turf. They lost a bunch of players. They already lost Richard Sherman. They lost Raheem Mozart. They lost Nick Bosa, torn ACL. Solomon Thomas also tore his ACL. Uh, George Kittle's been out for a couple weeks. Uh, Jordan Reed's going to be out six to eight weeks. Tevin Coleman's on the IR. It's crazy. They have all these injuries. Uh, but they still destroyed the New York Giants. The Giants are just like the worst team in the NFL. I don't know who's worse, the Jets or the Giants. They both have quarterbacks that they recently drafted. Uh, but none of them are going anywhere. Uh, Saquon Barkley towards ACL. There's been a lot of injuries. There's going to be a lot of injuries in all of these uh, different leagues and sports. Because, you know, people aren't having as much practice. And so what happens when you're going to play. They're, maybe they're playing kind of scared. I don't know. But right now, NFC, I think the favorites are the Seahawks. Um, MVPs, as far as that goes, I think you got to have Patrick Mahomes there, obviously. Uh, he's won a couple years ago. Lamar Jackson won last year. Um, I think Russell Wilson can probably win this year. You know, people were talking about how he's only had one vote, one MVP vote so far in his career. So I think he's um, kind of in line to win there. Uh, Dark Horse MVP, though, I think is Kyler Murray for the Cardinals. He's, he's looked good. You know, they just had a bad loss against... Uh, the Detroit Lions, but he's he's super dynamic. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was a good addition there. Uh, he's he's finding him often, early and often. And then you know he's he's quick. You know sometimes he'll run out of the out of the backfield and he's you know he's quick, and he's so accurate too with his passes. Um, but yeah, they beat the 49ers in that first week, um, and he looked good. But if they can win 11, 12, 12 games and they win the division. And Kyler Murray puts up great numbers. I think he could win uh, the MVP. Uh, but the NFC West has been tough. It's going to be tough so far. Uh, you got three teams tied at 2-1. and one. The Cardinals, the Rams, the Niners, and the Seahawks are at 3-0. and oh. The Rams have, have looked pretty good, too. They've bounced back um, after last season. But, you know, they still have good defense, good players on defense. And they still have some, some weapons offensively with Cooper Cup and, you know, Jared Goff's you know, he's improving here and there, but uh, I don't think I'm fully sold on him. Uh, the NFC South, you know, the big move was uh, was Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. You know, he's looked kind of pedestrian. Um, you know, he's got to get the ball more to Mike Evans. Chris Godwin's going to be out for a few weeks now. Uh, the Saints, as I mentioned earlier, they're 1-2. Kind of struggling there. They've been without Michael Thomas. Uh, Panthers are 1-2 as well. Uh, they just lost Christian McCaffrey. Robbie Anderson has been a bright spot. Uh, Mike Davis is filling in for Christian McCaffrey, and he's he's filled in nicely. Uh, the Falcons, uh, Dan Quinn is definitely on the hot seat. He's probably going to get fired. They blew a, a huge lead against the Dallas Cowboys 
uh, this past week, and now they're 0-3. Their offense isn't the problem. They have three wide receivers that are great. You got Julio Jones, um, you got Calvin Ridley, and then Russell Gage, and you know Matt Ryan has been good. Uh, but their defense, I don't know. De- they just they let them back in. They let the other teams back in games, and then whenever the fourth quarter comes around, the entire team just decides, hey. We just we're gonna lose this game. They just give it up for some reason. So I, I don't know. I think Dan Quinn like they're just he's toast. Uh, but the NFC South in general has been kind of a disappointment. I know it's early, but you know they haven't looked good. NFC North, uh, the Packers as I mentioned earlier, they beat the the Saints Sunday Night Football. Uh, they're at three and zero. Aaron Rodgers looks great. Um, you know they're they're becoming a run first team, uh, which is fine. You know you got Aaron Jones back there, and they've. They've looked good. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out, though. You know, last year they were thirteen and three. I don't think their offense was fully in sync. Um, that was the, without Devonte Adams yesterday on um, Sunday night, where they beat the Saints. Um, and then the Bears three and zero. Mitchell Trubisky got benched for Nick Foles. It's happening again. It happened in Philly. It's happening here now. Um, I think Nick Foles is the better quarterback anyway. Uh, Tariq Cohen uh, unfortunately tore his ACL. Um, so David Montgomery. He'll step, he'll step in and get more carries than he usually does. So we'll see. But the Bears are surprisingly three and zero, which I don't expect that to last. Expect the Packers to win that division. Uh, the Lions are one and two. Nothing good to talk about, I guess. Uh, you know, you have Adrian Peterson. He's he had a good first game. He's you know here and there, but uh, that's about it. Vikings not looking good. Zero and three. Kirk Cousins. I think he had like negative two fantasy points. Like last week, it was awful. Uh, the NFC East is probably the worst division of football right now. Washington is leading. No, the Washington football team. They're leading the division at one and two. And the Cowboys are one and two. And then the Eagles are 0-2-1. And, and then the Giants are 0-3. They've just been awful. Carson Wentz has been struggling a lot, man. Can't find their... Can't find his receivers. Like, if he had Nick Foles there behind him, they would have already benched him, I think. And then I mentioned the Giants earlier. They're just decimated with injuries. And and Daniel Jones, he turns the ball over way too much. Uh, Cowboys, you know, they have some they have some good offensive weapons. They have three good receivers there. Um, and then you got Zeke there and uh, Dak Prescott playing for a contract. I think they'll eventually win the division because uh, Washington, I don't think they have it. But uh, the Cowboys just got to win more games in their division, and then they'll take care of it. AFC West, um, they've looked okay. Uh, Chiefs three and zero. I think they're, they're the favorite to win the Super Bowl again. Uh, the Raiders two and one. Derek Carr has improved. Uh, Josh Jacobs has been playing well. Um, I think I think the Raiders are going to surprise some people this year. I think maybe they finish nine and seven. Um, and then the Chargers one and two. See uh, to Rod Taylor. Uh, he was about to start the game and then last minute. The Chargers threw in Justin Herbert, the rookie out of Oregon, because apparently the team doctors for the Chargers were trying to um, give T- Tyrod Taylor a a pain relieving shot in his ribs, and it went too far and punctured his lung. So now he's out indefinitely, and they threw in Justin Herbert, but he's been playing really well. Um, he's shown some flashes there. Um, so I think he's a real deal. I don't think Tarot Taylor is going to get his job back. He's going to lose it again. He he lost it in, in Buffalo, and then he lost it in in Cleveland. 
And then you have the Broncos there at 0-3. I think Jeff Driscoll is their starting quarterback right now because Drew Locke got injured. Uh, they lost Cortland Sutton for the rest of the year. Uh, so, yeah, just a lot of injuries around the league. And then AFC South, the most boring division football. Titans are looking like the Titans, I guess. Run first, you know, try and minimize risks, risks and and dangerous passes with Ryan Tannehill. They're just running down people's throats with uh, Derrick Henry, and then they're they're a pretty good defense. I forgot they signed Jadavion Clowney. I haven't really been paying attention too much to that. Uh, the Colts, they're at two and one. Uh, they yeah they just had uh, they just signed Philip Rivers. Uh, Philip Rivers he just doesn't have it anymore, man. He's He's already old, but we'll see what they what he can do. I mean, I think he only signed a one year contract with them this year, so um and then the Jaguars one and two. Gardner Minshew's not trying to tank. He's he's you know, he's airing it out, but he had a bad game against uh the Dolphins on Thursday night. That did not look good. And then you have the Texans at O and three. Um, yeah. Bill O'Brien, this is his last year. I think he gets fired when they don't make the playoffs in that division. AFC North, I think the Steelers are going to surprise some people too. I think they could finish 11-5, depending on Ben Roethlisberger, because they have the weapons there. And now they're first place in their division at 3-0. Ravens, mentioned earlier, at 2-1. Um, yeah, Lamar Jackson struggled. They do not look good against the Chiefs like ever. I don't think they'll ever beat the Chiefs. They just they got to figure it out. Um, and then, let's see, the Browns, 2-1. They started off 2-0 and for the first time. I forgot. I don't even know how long it's been, but it's been a long time since they started 2-0. and But uh, another 2-1. and Man, the running back, uh, their backfield, I mean, is loaded with Kareem Hunt as your second running back. And then you have Nick Chubb. This is great, great uh, duo of running backs there. And then you have uh, Odell Beckham there. And then their defense has improved, so they, they should be better. I don't know. Maybe... I don't know about playoffs for them, but the AFC North could see three three playoff teams this year. And then Bengals 0-2-1. Joe Burrow, the uh, number one overall pick from LSU. He had the, the best college football season for a quarterback. And, you know, he he's a real deal. He You know, they're going to rely on him a lot. Um, you know, the only reason why they're going to be in games is because of him. You know, they I think they threw it. Was it his first or second game? I think it was his second game. He had 63 pass attempts or something like that, which was the most by a quarterback in his first year. And then the AFC East, uh, the Bills are at 3-0. They're looking good. Josh Allen's looking good. I think he only has one interception right now. Um, Their defense is tough. Uh, Patriots, they've looked okay. They're at 2-1. Cam Noon experiment has been paying off well so far. Uh, Dolphins one and two. They'll probably put in Tua for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Probably like week five, week six maybe. And then the Jets. Uh, Adam Gase probably loses his job pretty soon. Um, Sam Darnold has just looked horrible, but he doesn't have anyone there. You know, Le'Veon Bell's always injured. He's on the IR now. It's, he hasn't been someone he could count on. Their starting running back right now is Frank Gore. I love Frank Gore, but you know he's 37 years old. I don't know how long that's going to last. Um, so that's what's going on so far in the NFL. Um, Do you guys see this story? This happened on Sunday, I believe. Joe Montana 
Still got it. Joe Cool. Um, he was at his house in Malibu, and he saved his grandchild from from a, a, a kidnapper. Someone, yeah, someone came in, like the baby was like in a playpen or something, and someone came in just through the side door, this woman, this 39-year-old woman, and just took the baby and left. And so Joe Montana and his wife like chased her down and then like took the baby from her. And then uh, Joe Mont there was some cops like down the street and Joe Montana flagged him down and they arrested the lady. But how crazy is that? You're just hanging, you're Joe Montana, you're hanging out in Malibu at your house and someone tries to steal your grandson. That's just crazy. But I mean, good for him for stopping that. Um, yeah, that's a crazy story. That makes me very uncomfortable. If that could happen to him, it just it could happen to anyone. Um, so, let's see, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the Emmys were last week, um, and, yeah, Shit's Creek just, they swept the whole comedy, um, awards, they, they won for Outstanding Lead Actress, Catherine O'Hara, Outstanding Lead Actor, Eugene, Eugene Levy, um, and then... His son, Daniel Levy, won for Outstanding Writer. And then Outstanding Directing. Dan Levy won again. Outstanding Supporting Actor was also Daniel Levy. He won like three awards. Just chilling it. Uh, and then Annie Murphy won for Schitt's Creek as well. And then Best Outstanding Comedy Series. You guessed it, Schitt's Creek won. Um, I know I, sh I shit on Schitt's Creek, pun intended, uh, in one of my previous episodes, but I, I never watched it, and I didn't know what it was about, so uh, maybe I'll check it out, since they they won all these all his awards. They must be doing something right. Um, and then, let's see, John Oliver won for his talk show. Uh, Regina King won Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series. She won for uh, Watchmen, which I haven't gone around to watch yet. Um, it's the... It was based off the movie that came out in 2009, I believe, which is also based off the comic book, uh, which is based off of uh, the Black Wall Street that was, uh, it was like burned down and destroyed. Was that, I think it was like 1920s, I believe. But um, yeah, that's what that's about. But uh, apparently it was very good. It was, it's on HBO. Um, and then Outstanding Lead Actor. In a limited series, Mark Ruffalo won for I Know This Much Is True. Um, that's the one where he plays himself and then he... Not himself, but he plays uh, him and his brother. He plays two siblings and Rosie O'Donnell's also in it. Um, and it's it's very it's it's very intense. You know, one of one of the brothers is a... Um, he, they put him in a mental, mental institution and then the other one's kind of trying to deal with everything and get him out. And you know, make and take care of him, things like that. But uh, it's also based off a, a book, and it's based on a true story. Um, and it, it took a lot to get this made. That it was getting blocked by a lot of um, a lot of production companies. Like no one really wanted to pick it up um, until Mark Ruffalo got a hold of it, and he kind of, you know, moved mountains to make sure that this got done. Uh, let's see, outstanding writing for a limited series uh, that went to Watchmen. Um, and then let's see what other Watchmen won another one. They won a bunch of awards on there too. Um, Outstanding limited series was Watchmen also. 
and then outstanding lead actor in a drama series. I was I was going for uh, I was going for Jason Bateman on Ozark. He didn't win anything, unfortunately. Ozark didn't win anything, but that that's still a good show. So, uh, but Jeremy Strong won for Succession. I've been watching Succession lately. Uh, I, I'm on season two, I believe, and yeah, that that show is intense, man. It's it's like family drama to the fullest. Like they're just like there's so much backstabbing. Like everyone's everyone's out against someone else, or they all have a plan. I'm just like, man, that's just. It's intense, but it's so it's it's funny too. It has everything in it, and I love it. I love it so much. Um, and all the characters are just awful. Like I don't know who I really like. Like I liked, I liked Shiv for a while, but then she started cheating on her husband, like knowingly, and her husband know, knows about it. I'm just like, okay, this, she's terrible. But but I liked her at first, and um, yeah, everyone's just awful. Uh, but that's how most shows are doing it now, where they make every character awful, so they don't really have anyone to root for. Um, then outstanding lead actress in a drama series, uh, Zendaya won for Euphoria. I've talked about Euphoria um, in past episodes, and man, that show is so good. And I think that that uh, Emmy is so um, deserved for Zendaya because she just captured that that whole character, and it was it was just, she just did such a good job there. You can see, you know, this character's struggles. Uh, with drug abuse and you know with connecting with family and stuff and um, it's just a really good show and it it I mean I don't know who who went to a school like that but um, I'm sure it captures what it's like going to school now um, going to high school now but yeah so good for her she's actually the youngest actress uh, to win an Emmy so that's good um, and then I was saying writer for a drama series Succession won that Succession won all the awards for uh, for drama, and then what another one did? Other song did too. I was saying actor in a drama series. Oh, the morning show won that one. Um, outstanding supporting actress in a uh, in a drama series. Oh yeah, Julia Garner. She won best supporting actress in a drama series for Ozark. She's so good in Ozark. Yeah, Julia Garner's character uh, Ruth in Ozark is my my favorite character in that show. She's so funny, and you know, there's layers to her. She's she came from a bad family, uh, but she's trying to do good. And she, you know, she sees the father figure in Jason Bateman, which is kind of weird because you know they're um, they're laundering money and doing illegal things. But she really looks to that family and to Jason Bateman kind of as her own, and she's really trying to prove herself, even though she came from you know kind of a shitty family. Um, so. Uh, the drama category, it, it wasn't all succession, I misspoke, but, um, yeah, Julia Garner won that one. Would have been cool to see Laura Dern win, but, but she got, she got an Oscar last year, so that's good. Um, and then outstanding drama series, uh, was Succession, um, which, yeah, great, great show. Um, if you haven't seen it, recommend it. Um, yeah, I think the third season's coming out next, next year, I believe, yeah. Um, and then what else? So those were all the big... Big awards for the Emmys that were won uh, last week. Um, and then, yeah, we have the, the first presidential debate is tonight with Joe Biden and uh, Donald Trump. Um, don't think it matters, you know, if, if you haven't realized uh, the world is ending, everything's on fire. And then if you're in another part of the country, um, everything is underwater. Um, it's hot as hell right now, and it's like almost October, so... 
you know, that's that. We're all going to die anyway, whether it's coronavirus or a fire or if whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I hope Kamala is uh, debating today because I cannot wait for uh, Kamala and, and Mike Pence to just get into it. <laughs> That's just going to be so funny. Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, it's it's been um, a tough year for a lot of people, I imagine. Um, you know, uh, people losing jobs, losing family members. Uh, we've lost, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of famous people have passed, too. You know, money is, doesn't, you know, make death go away or anything you know everyone ends up dying anyway um so but you know this year i think election wise is very important to vote whether whatever side you're on i don't care just go out and vote but if you vote third party i think you're stupid uh because it's a two-party system so why would you why would you vote for someone who's not even who's not even at the debate or anything or no one even knows about so i better not see anyone voting for gary johnson are posting about it and feel good about it. Feel confident that you voted for Gary Johnson because that's dumb. Don't post about Jill Stein voting for Jill Stein or any any other third party or independent Green Party, Progressive Party, whatever the hell, because they're not gonna win. So why are you wasting your vote on that? If you're gonna vote third party, don't vote at all. So you gotta either vote Trump or you either gotta vote uh, Biden. And Kamala and and Pence. So just vote and and pick your side and stick with it. Don't vote third party. If you're gonna change your mind, change your mind. But don't don't vote third party. I just think it's the stupidest thing ever. Um, it cost Hillary Clinton the the election in 2016 because a lot of people voted for Gary Johnson, saying that he was Bernie Sanders. He does he he even Gary Johnson doesn't even know what the hell Aleppo is or where it is. Um, he was against marijuana legalization but everyone say, was saying that he was that he was like bernie that guy was completely different from bernie sanders and people who even say that or think that are stupid and I, like what is gary johnson even doing right now he's just chilling like in a ranch somewhere like no irrelevant so please vote for republican or democrat don't be dumb don't be naive um what else that's it thanks for joining me um I'll be back when I'll be back.